Welcome to another episode of 26 and Under. Uh, we're going to be a little different this week. Uh, uh, I am Rob. I'll be the host today. And with me is going to just be me, Matt. Uh, so yeah, there's only two of us this week. Unfortunately, the others uh, have other things happening tonight. Yeah, life is a occurrence that occurs. Something like that. Uh, work <laughs> happens. Yeah. Things, things occur, and we have no control over who can be here every week or not. Sadly, we have to exist outside of the internet at some point. Anyways, our episode or our uh, series this week was Inari Kon Kon. Yep, Inari Kon Kon. I'm going to butcher that about a half dozen different ways tonight. At least. That's fine. That's fine. So, Matt... Yes. What were your first impressions? Uh, so this is the first time I've watched this one. Uh, it had very, very interesting animation style to it. It was very, uh, it, like it felt very well animated and done pretty okay for what I was watching, and it was a nice short one. So uh, that's the thing. Uh, the plot was okay. I think I think it has some hang-ups near the end of the anime and I I kind of want to go read go read the manga to have the actual direct side-by-side comparison. But uh so like all in all it felt like a pretty decent uh series as a whole. Um and it was al- it's always fun to hear uh the main character of Yakuza playing a character in an anime that as soon as I, as soon as you spoke, I'm like, of course they got you. Of course they grabbed you. Of course. Hmm. How about you, Rob? How'd you feel? Some of this series, there was a lot of interesting things going on with this that never quite gelled for me. Like, it looked good. The uh, general conceit was a unique take on basically Magical Girl. Is what I, there's, there's a lot of Magical Girl tropes going on uh, yeah. with what, was, what she was doing. And there was a lot of really interesting things going on in this series that never quite came together to give me... I don't know if it was what I wanted or what I was looking for. Uh, so, from what I can tell from reading the Wikipedia while watching this, as I do a lot of the time when it's something that I'm not like super well versed in, uh, one of the problems that seems to have come up was this was an anime adaptation that was happening during the run of the manga. And maybe... I, like This is just me speculating. I have no actual insider information on this this is literally me after doing one wiki dive and looking at dates and going huh this was airing a year this finished airing a year before the manga ended and the manga started in 2010 and ended in 2015 this has uh they probably knew where they wanted to end the story but hadn't quite got gotten there yet um I feel like you can tell that they got to the point where they had hit the end of where they could of what they could adapt and they may have been given a hint as to this is how I'm planning to end the series and adapted that as the series end point but without really actually doing a lot of the work to have gotten to that end point uh, kind of. I also, uh, also without finishing out plot arcs or character arcs. So for instance, uh, we can, we'll go through this when we go through like the characters, but like every character has a succinct end to their character arc. It feels when I read their Wikipedia article that's based off the manga, but in the anime, for instance, like we never have a payoff to the main romantic love interest or the or the second main romantic pairing uh we don't get uh we don't get the actual payoff to the to the new girl that 
uh, falls in love with one of the other friends group, friends in the group. Uh, but in the manga, they got through all of that uh, payoff, it looks like, at least a little bit. So, yeah. Um, it feels like this was in the similar vein of the we wanted to adapt this because or the publish the publication so i know a little bit about how manga get adapted into anime due to having read bakuman and bakuman having that be a big part of one of its arcs in fact it's most of the plot of the anime is getting a manga adapted into an anime um usually the publisher goes into meetings and anime companies are chomping at the bit just to get a, an, a, a, an adaptation of something that is super popular. So it depends on how the publisher of this series saw that and was like, yeah, th- these people really want to do your anime or your anime version. And it's like, but I'm like half, I'm not even close to being done yet. It's it's kind of the and like there and there's no this was during a time where there was no guaranteed of a se- season two, especially if the company wasn't well known like certain big name companies now or big name studios right now where you can almost like Attack on Titan was guaranteed to get all its seasons done because the mm-hmm. company the co- the studio behind it was going to adapt stop before they hit before they hit current wait adapt stop before they hit current again wait adapt which which is why we get that and that's the same thing with my hero because it's been proven to for long-running shonen series to do better than just don't stop just don't stop it's one of the reasons why black clover had some problems has problems in its anime compared to its manga and a few other ones naruto dragon ball Although a lot of the filler arcs are my favorite arcs in Dragon Ball. Well, like that's we're like that's going to an older time. Yeah, like that that was before this 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 new age of you don't have to keep going occurred. They they finally understand that people will come back to what they're enjoying. Well, I think it's more along the lines of. Uh, it depends on the studio and the quality that studio is willing to produce. So, like, for instance, My Hero, the studio is w- is willing to produce high-quality stuff, but they've been burned quite a few times when they weren't able to actually adapt the full material. Uh, look at Soul Eater's ending. Look at Full Metal original Full Metal Alchemist ending. Bones got screwed twice on that because they uh, had to create their own ending to a series that wasn't going to end anytime soon on both of those accounts and the endings were marginally worse than what came what happened in the manga and uh so i feel like bones after getting the experience of finishing the manga correctly with full metal alchemist brotherhood uh went through a phase of or went through the discussion of well let's let's take this new thing this my hero academia and only adapt a 12 episode for season one and get to the get to this point and see how that goes and it did well it did really well and they keep doing that now where they find the stopping point they stop they wait a year or two let the manga build back up and then they keep going and it looks like a lot of other companies are actually starting to do that too yeah uh uh this is getting way off topic of anari con con but it is also a probably a re- reason to for our feelings towards Inari Kongon and was not going to be not discussed in this episode at some point. So we let's let's get that out of the way at the beginning. So uh, we already said this was going to be in slightly different format with two people. I mean, yeah, we've we've had I think three or four or five different two people episodes and they've always kind of varied in how they are done. The different pairings. Yeah. So let's get on, or I guess you're the host, so. Yeah. So uh, we guess we kind of forgot to explain 
the crux of the anime. Oh, okay. Uh, girls. Her name's Inari. Inari. Yeah. An- her. So here, I got you on this <laughs> one. Uh, so Inari Fushimi, who is a uh, girl who lives in, I'm assuming, some section of Tokyo. Um, Everybody lives in some section yeah. of Tokyo. Uh, is a very shy, uh, love-struck girl that's in love with this guy on the basketball team. Uh, she misconstrues a, uh, a interaction between him and this other girl and runs off to the shrine where she meets with the local deity of that shrine and uh, makes the wish that she wants to be the girl that she saw. But after realizing some stuff about about everything, she realizes that she didn't that that wish was incorrect, and the only way that the goddess is able to fix it is to give her part of her abil- or part of her power so that she can change back and forth. Um, essentially allowing her to change into any human now. Yeah. Uh, and so this anime is the, uh, uh, kind of just a slice of life romantic comedy where a character, where the main character can, is having also like interactions with the Japanese mythology and, uh, deep in the kami that are, that Shintoism is based around. In fact, uh, a few of the main, uh, a few of the gods that we interact with are actual uh, gods, including, in fact, the, the uh, god that shares the power with her. Uta no Mitama no Kami is also a real god in in yeah. Japanese folklore. So, the, it, it, it's something that we as Americans that don't know Japanese mythology and religion don't or, really... You know, pick up on as easily. Uh, yeah. Other than maybe Amaterasu if you... Uh like video games enough well i mean or if you know you've like amaterasu shows up a lot in anime True. and name name naming conventions in general but like uh susanu um and a bunch of the other characters anyways so that that's a that's effectively the quick plot rundown we'll do yeah. a little bit more of a detailed one in a bit the crux of the show yeah So let's go ahead and uh, talk about the characters. Um, I'm gonna do this a little differently than normal. Uh, which one is your favorite character, Matt? Uh, out of main characters. Yeah, let's just go out of main characters. Okay. So if we're going just straight out of main characters, I do like this uh, iteration of Uka no Mitama no Kami, uh, because she's just a into uh, Otome games uh fish out of water a lot of the times like she she loves playing she's just like the neat that likes playing the dating sims and she's but kind of awestruck with the idea of human love yeah and it's a very interesting part of her character and she gets a very she gets very nice interactions with everybody when she's interacting with characters and she's one of the people that we never get actual payoffs to her character arc, like everybody. <laughs> but um, yeah, I really liked her. I also liked the older brother. Like I-, I liked the pairing, which was her and the older brother. Yeah, that uh, one actually seemed to. I think that was the. That was my second favorite pairing. Uh, the brother is very great because he's a what would be what what is called a chuni. Uh, or Chunibyo, which tra- which translates to English as eighth grade eighth grade delusions, um, which effectively is he likes writing weird dark poetry and being an edge lord a lot, which you can see when he's in his room alone writing his poetry blog, and he's very silly. I like that character trait. Of the person that just is out of the out of their mind, like silly, dumb, with like this edgy, dark look. look looking at like Japanese care, Japanese person using American using English because it sounds cool instead of actually 
knowing what it means. Bump of chicken. Yeah. Like th- th- those would be my t- my two favorites that I liked to watch. I really enjoyed the brother and their dynamic as well. Uh, the her obsession with the Otome games and humanity, especially romantic love, was interesting. And I like how they I like where they ended up exploring with that, with the idea that the gods don't necessarily fall in love. Yeah, per se, as opposed to make they they go off of the eternal partnerships yeah they go off the idea of uh your rank and status is the reason why we get together we mm-hmm. don't get together off of any other kind of mutual feelings and it's uh one of those things where i that that's the that's a very old style of thinking and it makes sense that the gods would do that yeah, because they're, they're they're ages. not yeah they're they're not modern people they're people that exist from like the Edo era so uh, and then the brother the, I do like how the brother was very overprotective of Inari oh yeah uh that was also a really nice trait to throw in there with the Chinibio and the it also Sundere helped aspects towards the goddess yeah it helped him uh it helped him also kind of like establish a little bit why he might have been able to see the gods is because of the delusions that he was always kind of having. Mm-hmm. Being a Chuni, he 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 wants to see something weird and different, so he see he actually can maybe is the yeah. Uh, there was a little bit of a flashback in the middle of the series that also seemed like he may have been able to catch hints of the gods even as a younger child. From what it. From what I can tell from the context of it is he's just able to see at least Uka mm-hmm. and all the and all the foxes on the shrine. Just he just sees them. He does it's not like they're like faint images or whatever. He can literally see them without any like thing. And apparently in by the end of the manga he ends up as a god himself married with Uka. Oh. Yeah. Things that never got yeah, things that we were never able to touch upon. Yeah, the the anime couldn't touch upon, but I feel were worth or would have made a more succinct ending than what we got. Oh yes, uh, my favorite character ended up being Maru. The uh, oh the uh, the otaku friend. The, yeah, the otaku friend who was a little more genre savvy than everybody else, uh, knowing that like. Knowing she was an otaku, knowing that she, you know, was going to come out of her shell like you would in any any yeah. anime about otaku, uh, the whole fight, not not fight, but a rivalry aggression thing between her and Shinozume. Shinozome. Shinozome. I believe that's her name. Let me scroll down. Yeah, uh, Sumizone. Sumizone. I was close. Yeah. That's probably the best I've done on multiple syllables. Uh, I mean, you're using Maru because I doubt you can remember her full name. Oh, God, no. (laughs) Maru Tamachi. Yeah, it's a mouthful. You don't need to use that. Just use Maru. Uh, I I thought that was... That moment was exceptionally cute between the two of them. And I feel like she... Maru is one of the few characters that actually had some real character development payoffs. Uh, in, and mostly it was just that beach episode arc where, you know, oh, I don't like this new person. Yeah. Then growing to realize, oh, this person's actually pretty dope. Because her story arc was set earlier in the manga and resolved earlier in the manga. It wasn't a slow burn one like the other ones. Yeah. Hers was a more immediate, well, we need to have the, we need to have the friend group finish. And the only way to have the friend group finish is to finish this one conflict. Yeah. Um... As opposed to resolving the other conflict in the friends group, which is uh, uh, the uh, Sumizomi liking uh, Sanjo. That one, that is my favorite pairing. Uh, it's a nice pairing, but because, but the payoff of that is uh, Sanjo uh, ends up 
uh, uh, what's it called? Rejecting a chem, uh, rejecting her. Uh, but it's not because of like, but like one of the interesting points that they don't really go into into any of this anime is like Sumizome's whole conflict about it, because Sumizome in the manga apparently is super conflicted because it's she likes a girl and she's afraid that the that that relationship is going to be frowned upon and everything. And it's more of that as a conflict than uh, a lot of other stuff. And also the fact that apparently uh, Sumizome's uh, dad is a transvestite is what the Wikipedia says. Okay. Yeah. Like, there's so much in here that I'm like, I was, I read it as I was watching. I was like, okay, when are, we didn't even see any of this. What? <laughs> there's so much character development that's just not even touched upon on some of these characters. Also, Sumizome is the. Sumizome? Sumizome. Sumizome. Uh, Sumizome is also the girl that uh, Inari saw that triggers the entire plot. Yeah. Uh, talking with her crush, Tanbabashi. Tan- Tanbabashi. Tanbabashi. Okay. I was going to say it right. Uh, it is the weirdest name I've ever... Like, I sat there and I saw the name. And I was like, that name is so weird. <laughs> I don't get it. Why why is it such a weird name? I at this point I wouldn't be surprised if it's something that becomes relevant later oh, in the story. No, I remember what uh all the characters names ex- all the main characters names except for the gods have are references to a station in Tokyo. Um, so Fushimi is uh Fushi- Inari Fushimi's name is reference to the Fushimi Inari station. Um, and then we have, uh, Tambabashi, the Tambabashi, whose whose name is a reference to the Tambabashi station. Sumizome is Sumizome. Sumizome station. Uh, and then we have Sanjo's, the Sanjo station. And then Maru Tamachi is the Jingu Maru Tamachi station. So all those characters are actually references to train stations in probably Tokyo, I assume. Let me click on this and it's going to say Tokyo. Yeah, it says Tokyo. Tokyo. It says Tokyo. Of course it says Tokyo. Why would it not say Tokyo, Matt? Oh, no. It's from Kyoto. Never mind. The anagram lovers, Tokyo. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Anyways. I love Futurama. Uh, So. It's uh, kind of most of our cast. We we have not even once talked about Inari. (laughs) Oh yeah, <laughs> we talked about every character but Inari, and uh, I guess Tan Babashi. But like Tan Babashi is just a like he's a plank ninety percent of the time. Yeah, we, we don't get a lot <laughs> from Tan Babashi. Like he seems like a generic, decent middle school boy. Uh, the the one thing we do have is uh, Inari does go to his house as one disguised as one of his friends at one point. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Tanbabashi tries to share his porn with him. I mean, that's just like normal, which which would be normal boy stuff, but also not something that the girls were going to be thinking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they lose, but that that's the only thing I that mean, we got that wasn't just generic love interest. Yeah, because like he. He just isn't oblivious. He's just oblivious to what's going on till he finally like starts to notice, and then he starts to go, "Am I in love with her? I think I'm in love with her." Do I like this girl? Maybe. How do you know if you like someone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It's just one of those things that he doesn't know what any of this is, and it feel and he just feels like a a a insert this thing so that we have a thing to look for yeah Uh, his i feel his character suffers the most from the fact that we this adaptation is so short and takes place and was created well before the manga was actually I, I like i'm yeah it's end game i'm i am looking at the wikipedia page for him right now and uh, the only 
like there is an actual conflict with him, but it's so late in the thing, which is uh, dealing with his mom finding a new uh, a a new dad because his dad is dead, and that's like the only that's the only thing that I'm seeing about here about him that would give me that would give us actual character development. I was like, man. There's so many, like, cool, interesting arcs that I'm reading about. <laughs> and eventually he, eventually in the manga, he, he actually, uh, him and Inari actually end up dating and everything by the end. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of, that's one of the few things that's made relatively clear by the end of the anime. Is that they are going to end up as a couple at some point. Yeah. Uh I guess we should probably talk about Inari. Uh, yeah, she's a happy, go-lucky extrovert that just has problems with boys. Yeah, she can't express herself to the boy she likes. Yeah. But she's super expressive to everything else. Mm -hmm. uh, her friends talk about how she's always able to just make friends with everybody. And... Yeah. She, she's the very extroverted main character girl that usually is in stuff like this. And we're, we're talking about this like it's negative. But uh, I'm trying... Yeah, I'm trying... It's not a negative here. Like, she's not... I never had any problems with the personality. Like, she's an enjoyable character. She's... Like, I, I liked the story arc. Or, like, what she did. I liked her quirks were actually pretty fun. Uh, with... Especially with how her power worked i don't know it just feels like she's like she she's not it, it feels like she's just a character i see every time yeah and it like not like let's put it this way the character that's unique for a main character is uka the the goddess mm -hmm. it is not inari inari just feels like every moe blob character main character yeah Though she does feel less cookie cutter than the bike characters. Oh, the bike characters? Well, yeah. Those characters were literally plucked out of different... Uh... <laughs> other... Let's see. Uh, I want this character from this slice of life. Yeah. And this character from this slice yeah, of yeah. life. Yeah, like, at least, at least this didn't feel like they were plucked out of different slice of lives. At least, not ones that I've watched. Maybe that's where they got it. That's that's where uh, the last one got their main character from was Inari. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, there's nothing about her that I disliked as a character. It was just, yeah, she's the same. She's she's a very similar thing to what we've seen time and again in this type of series. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's going to be a problem that we will run into every time we have one of these main characters trying to, like, go and say something different. And it's like, there's nothing to really say. Does her breakdown moments seem a little more intense than I'm used to? Uh, there was some very intense, dark parts when she would have a breakdown, like mm -hmm. when uh, when the or uh, when Maru fell down during the cleaning thing, and she just like snapped and went crazy for like half a second. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, those scenes are really were were like really interesting, but like. We didn't really get a lot of context as to her seeing her progress to that power level, and it just felt like an abrupt. Oh, we need to end the series. Let's let's make this. Yeah. We don't. We, we like our gradual progression is she transforms into people. She transforms into people. She transforms into uh it, into Uka once. All of a sudden, now she can make uh. Now she's kind of. Popping off random divine abilities, despite the fact that she was only supposed to be yeah. able to. And and then it goes, and now she's causing uh, earthquakes. Hmm. I feel like we missed some steps on the way up mm -hmm. to that escalation point. And I feel like we missed a lot of uh, character growth and development to make us be able to understand her snapping yeah uh, with that in mind do we want to move on to the plot oh yeah we can move on to the plot uh so 
we explained effectively the first episode away already. Uh, she that's that's what happens there. Uh, for the most part, every episode is uh, a movie. It's like a moving plot. So like, there's not a really there's no real like stop and smell the roses chapters be or sorry episodes because a lot of them are like it starts out as as a as a like oh this is going to be a nonchalant festival ep- and episode and then there's like this is the festival episode but it's also the episode that we get to befriend Su- uh, sumizone or sumizome and like start to learn more stuff about the ca- cast and everything and it's just uh it, it it feels very slice of life yeah which is you know what you would expect from this type of series uh but it also feels very much in like there's there's not there's an overarching plot uh which ends up kind of being uh her inari's use of the divine powers is starting to eat away at eat U- away at uka. at uka and turning inari into a god basically and making so- it so inari is going to take uka's place yeah uh. and uh uka not wanting to retrieve the powers because if she does that means she stops she inari stops being able to see her and so she loses her one human friend that she's made which i didn't understand that because inari was able to see the gods or the spirits and the god before she got the divine power so the uh, so I think the assumption is that that was a that her saving Cone at that point was more of a f- was more of a random happenstance because she hasn't been she hadn't so the only time that she could see Uka was when she was brought to Uka true after uh uh during Twilight which is when the gods are 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 more easily able to interact is what I remember from some anime that talk about Jap- okay. Japanese gods. Uh, so, uh, she was able to interact with her then, but it's really hard to interact with uh, with her without uh, something else. So, like, I think part of the part of the conflict resolution could have been her, re- Uka, realizing that even if she loses Inari, uh, Toka, can, Toka can still see her. Toka can still interact. She still has her other friend. Yeah, but, I think part of the reason why that doesn't end up being a resolution, though, or part of her realization, though, is because we skip so much of that. Oh, yeah. Like, like we don't even know that uh, Toka is working tr- towards trying to get into a really good uh, college till, and that his grades are slipping because of all the times that he's hanging out with Uka playing video games. Until we just, it just randomly shows him looking at all these bad test scores and you're like, well, why does he care? He's like, we don't know what's going on. <laughs> they don't tell us anything about some of these characters. I mean, you should always care about bad test scores. Come on. But like, he, <laughs> like we, like we barely see him leave the house. <laughs> like, I feel like that's part of the Chinebio neat like like that uh, his weirdly anti-social aspects yeah i mean i feel like i feel like our discussion of the plot still comes down to the same thing that we were having earlier in the episode where it's i can't really like the plot doesn't go anywhere besides do a major plot point which is inari has to give back the power to uka and and uka has to say goodbye but like nothing really gets resolved we have this big conflict with her and hold on i do want to talk about something and it's the uh the really annoying conflict that happens in the last two the last two or three episodes with the other girl asking tambabashi out or wanting to give the oh what, yeah, okay. So this is so stupid because I've had I've watched I've read so many romantic I've read and watched so many romantic comedy manga and anime. Any time 
there are like 20 different ways that a girl can give a guy a love letter without having to directly hand it to him. There is a shoe locker. There is a, a gym locker. There is a put it like there like the leave it lo- on his desk. Put yeah, leaving it in his. De- you don't have to put that's that's a little bit over the top. Putting it in his backpack, but putting it in his desk easy. You get to school before he does. Put it in his desk. This girl has the audacity to just go, "Hey, you're good friends with this guy. How about you? Uh, you give him my uh, confessional letter." And it's like, "Excuse me, if I like, hey, you can do that with guy friend with guy friends of the guy because they're they're, they're, they're like." So I've watched I've watched like twenty billion animes where this happens with guys giving it to the girl's friend to give to the girl, like that makes so much sense. I've never once watched an anime where it's a girl that has to give it to a that's giving it to another girl that is friends with the guy to give to the guy. Besides forcing a conflict that doesn't need to be there. Yeah, like, like why why would you give it to? What could possibly be a potential romantic rival. Right? And uh, they kind of... Like, I can kind of see the thing of... Everybody thinks that she's dating the the brother of Uka. But, like... It's just... It's one of those things that I... Oh, yeah. Uka has an obnoxious brother. Who's kind of in love with her. Yeah, she's got a very overbearing brother, just like Inari has an overbearing brother. Um, but the crazy part of this is like, she, like Inari A doesn't say no because I and I'm sitting there like, why don't you just say no? And then I'm like, ah, oh, yes, because she's Japanese and Japanese don't like saying no. This is stupid. She should there's, just. There's also the peer pressure going on with the, uh, like Inari's by herself. And the other girl has her best friends with her that are kind of egging and on. It's for love. It's for love. Like, uh, yeah, but like, like there, there's there's a lot of yes. She one hundred percent just should have said, no. I'd rather not do this. Well, like, but like there there's there's just enough pressure and the typical Japanese social norms there that I understand why she didn't say no. I guess. I'm just especially since she's super awkward about all things Tanbabashi. Yeah. I it just feels like the idea that Tom that she that like they would go ask a female that is close to Tanbabashi to hand a love letter to Tanbabashi. Like that's like that's it's even also more... asking for mis <laughs> in, mis for confusion, for misinformation yeah. like oh, I'm going to hand you this love letter and Tanbabashi's like I also have a crush on you. Without looking at <laughs> yeah. the letter. Yeah, like, oh, hey, I have this thing for you. Oh, sweet, you're giving me a love letter. I love you, too. It's like, oh, no, this was this, for... I, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, like... Oh, my God. It just screams like so many problems could come from this one thing. And nobody thought about it. I don't know if this happens in the manga or not. It probably does. I... I I haven't read it, but, like, this conflict, at least in the anime, just comes out of nowhere of, here's this new character. She wants to give a love a love letter to the main character. This could only lead to one thing. Problems. And then it leads to problems, and then we, resol- we think we resolve those problems, and then more problems. But the problems are also easily resolved because all that has to be said is, oh, no, I... I, I lost the letter, but I still told him what you said because he still told me the thing that I told you. Yeah, that one that one was because of Inari being I know super awkward. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. At least it but like, like that one actually I actually no, I don't like that. Because <laughs> like Inari kind of gets out of consequences scot-free there simply because she's Inari. Like, uh, so instead of giving him the letter, uh, when he shows up, like she's on the roof kind of 
trying to figure out what to do with it. Yeah. Uh, and Tan Bambashi comes out to the roof to find... I think he was looking for Inari. Yeah, he was looking for Inari. Uh, and then Inari turns into the other girl... And confesses... And confesses her love for him. Yeah. And then he rejects her. And she's like, nah, don't... Yeah, I appreciate it, I'm flattered, but that's... I, I'm not interested in you that way. And then she relays that information to the girl. Because it works the same way as if she had given the letter to him. Except this time it doesn't seem more coward... Like, here's the thing, right? I've watched so I've watched so many of these... Where a girl wants has somebody give the letter to a guy, uh, or somebody gives the letter to somebody else mm-hmm. to give to the person, and every time, without fail, ninety percent uh, of the time, the character will decline that person, not only because they are, not, or mostly because they aren't willing to just go up to the person face to face and hand the lev- le- the letter to them. It's like. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. The, it was just this very big frustrating part that I watched, and I'm just like, this doesn't... Why are we not even addressing the... I didn't even want to hand the letter to him myself because I was too nervous. And then I got ma- And then I got mad because the letter didn't get handed to him. <laughs> like... Yeah, uh, yeah. Anari uh, <laughs> gets blamed for cozying up to Tanbabashi, which she, okay, she kind of had been before that. Yeah, like, and you interrupted <laughs> it with the letter. Well, here's the thing, right? You you co- you used it to cozy up close to him. It's like, well, but you gave me the letter because I was close to him, so I didn't use the let. I didn't use that to cozy up. I. I was already cozied up. Yeah. <laughs> Why would I... I was already in the process of trying to do this, <laughs> and you gave me a letter that basically says, no, not you, me. <laughs> all right, all right. We I really don't like this plot point. No, this plot point's <laughs> really annoyingly bad. The one thing I could see is if... Uh, because this this should have had way more consequence for Inari. Oh yeah, like that's that's the that's my sticking point is like her, especially her turning into the other girl and confessing should have been had way more consequence. And I feel like this is another. I, you mean I may go read the manga at this point just because there's so many like interesting things that we want to expand it on. You you mean why didn't Tambabashi just say? But you confessed to me. I you. I saw you. We talked. Yes, there's there's that. <laughs> like so many. Like that one conflict is even weirder if he just goes. But we talked. You yeah, and me talked. talked about this, and I told you my feelings. Yeah, it's like one of those things. And it's like, wait, what do you mean we talked? And that could have been a way cooler plot of wait. What How do, you... do we explain this to the world? Yeah, like, like we didn't. Do it. We went a different. <laughs> other option is Tan Babashi. Is like, okay, yeah, I, I can go on a few dates with you. What do you want to do? Like, there's... and then Inari has to jump through the hoops of figuring out how to deal with that nonsense. But instead, we have non-answer. Yeah, it's just mild rejection, polite mild rejection, and. <laughs> no real consequence because the only consequences are her friends get pissy that she didn't send them, didn't give the letter and start trying to be bullies and start bullying and not just Inari, but Inari and Inari's friends. Yeah. Uh, Welcome to Japanese bullying 101. Okay. It's you pick on everybody that is relatively related to the character that you are trying to bully. Got it. Uh, (laughs) And then the girl that handed the letter comes up and says, no, she still told him what was in the letter. Yeah. Because he... 
Yeah, because yeah. Because Babashi mentioned it to me. <laughs> and it's just like, okay. But why, like, why didn't we have something like, yeah. there's such a meaty story there. Yeah. That we don't get. <laughs> I, I 100% agree on this part. It's the one, yeah, I think there's a few more flaws in this thing besides that, but, like, that's a huge glaring flaw that I'm just like, man, I really hope that it didn't go down the same way in the manga. I'm afraid to find out if it does, because if it does, I'm just gonna be like, man, this just, why did you go that route? Like, so, we were talking earlier, you said the manga ended in March of 2017? Oh, it, it ended. Yeah, it ended a year. At, it ended like, so May series, 2015. Okay, the, the manga ends in May of 2015. The series happened in January of the year before. Yeah. There has to have been, like, just some amount of plot that. Right, there Obviously, there's just a lot of plot that was lost. Uh,. Because the manga also ended up with, what, 50 chapters? Yeah, the manga ended up with 50 chapters, and episode 7 was chapter 17. Yeah. Is, is episode 7 the one that we're talking about? No, uh, uh, kind of, actually. It's the one where Tom Babashi realizes that he likes Inari, which is, yeah, that's the same one where yeah, the confession happened, where the note gets, get, yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah, because after the confession yeah. thing, uh, Tom Babashi asks her... What does it feel like to be in love with someone? Yeah. Which clearly Inari is actually capable of answering that thing. Answers, gives what she feels about him, and leaves. And then Tombabashi's like, huh. So we effectively only got to like probably chapter 18 of 50. <laughs> yeah, we might have hit the halfway point. Maybe. It depends on how long these chapters actually are, because it, it because with only fifty chapters from two thousand ten to twenty fifteen, this was a monthly one, so chapters are actually a lot longer on yeah. monthly series. Anyways, that's me getting into another tangent that we don't need to get into right now. Let's talk about animation and music, because I feel like we've we're probably just gonna beat a dead horse if we stay on the plot. Yeah, uh, let's talk about animation and music. Uh, animation was okay for the most part like the transformation sequence wasn't even like the sakuga for the trans transformation sequence wasn't even that good what's sakuga uh you know when uh when it's got you know like high flourishes of animation like Uh For instance, uh, a lot of times it is transformation sequences. So let's go with Kill a Kill, for instance. The transformation sequence in Kill a Kill is a huge Sakuga moment. I don't know what it actually means. I just know uh, that... The, my, my blank face is more because I haven't actually sat down and watched Kill a Kill. Oh, okay. Uh, let me... Sailor Moon? Uh, yeah, so Sailor Moon's transformation is a Sakuga moment. Uh, here we go. Sakuga... That's not what I want. I, I'm really bad. I know the term, and I can kind of like show you examples of it, but it's hard to explain. I need to actually like sit down and read more shit that tells me these terms that I throw around. But anyways, the animation for a lot of this feels stilted, um, and not as f- not as polished as. Yeah, your average transformation sequence, or, yeah, or even like the, the most of the series doesn't feel quite as polished as it should be. Yeah, like it feels very bland with its animation. I guess is the term. Like it's not bad animation. Like I, I one hundred percent will not say it is bad. It just nothing sticks out as like a look at that animation like i could show this animation to somebody and it's fucking great it's just a it's like this is yeah yeah it, it exists it doesn't look bad um for the most part it just it looks good just nothing spectacular about i can't it. i can't remember it's opening or ending song to save my life and i watched uh, i had 
one of the two stuck in my I can't, could not tell you which of the two it was at all. I had one of them stuck in my head all day yesterday. I can tell you right now I am spoiled for choice for music uh, this season, so it's really hard for something to get stuck in my head. <laughs> That's fair. Um, but there's yeah, the neither of the songs were bad. Neither of them really stuck out. Like I said, one of them got stuck in my head, but that's because it's that's because it's just a generically poppy song. Yeah, and those are typically earwormy. Like, you know, you get a fun beat, you know, some bouncy mm-hmm. lyrics, and I can usually get that stuck in my head. It's not that difficult. Yeah. Uh, uh, there was one thing with the animation that I did want to point out. I absolutely loved the. Uh, typical magical girl pose at the end of the animation for all of the people who would be so ridiculously awkward in that type of pose. Yeah. The, like the, the, the vice principal. The vice principal. That one was great. Yeah. Or Sanja. Yeah. All, all the, all the characters posing like in a cutesy that cute girl. Knees together. Yeah. Kind yeah. of curtsy thing. Yeah. Uh, that makes me think explicitly of Sailor Mercury. But, uh, the yeah i i'd agree on that like that's a little bit of an interesting part that they did that but it's still like i don't know the animation there wasn't any flourish to it It was just a this was a it was a really good visual gag that they chose to do simply because of the story that they were telling i had that available to them yeah it was just a great little touch all right i think i think We've, I think we're on the... Yeah, we're now on to ranking, I believe. Uh, plot talk. Yep. All right. Yeah. Uh, I guess I should go first? Yeah, go ahead and go first. Uh, see. <laughs> like, I... I'm somewhere between high C and low B. I... Like... I feel like I've been generous a few too many times with Bs. And I feel like... A lot of what I would attribute a B to is missing from this. But that's me. Oh, yeah. I think... I think I'm with you on the C. Like, it just doesn't quite... We, we spent most of this episode... <laughs> like, bad-mouthing, bad-mouthing it. Uh, it's... Well, like, it's... There's it's, never anything... That the reason I'm, I'm high C is because there's never anything really bad about yeah. the series except for that one and plot C's, point that we really got stuck on and yeah c's not even our bad grade yeah c's are below average on this on the scale because s is the top then a then b then c then d so like yeah, yeah so it's just just a t- just a touch below average like uh i would possibly recommend this to someone who is looking for I I don't think something specific like like if they gave me a list of things that like triggered they're they're just a chunk of what this is but like here try this or, or or maybe if they're looking for another style of anime or not anime but a like this did a really good job of making me want to go read the manga that is a fair point. This is just because of this and me looking at this Wikipedia article and seeing all these things that just didn't get touched on in this anime. It's like, man, I could go read a manga. Like, I feel like this series doesn't deserve to be on this show. If <laughs> that makes sense. Oof. <laughs> no. So, like, that doesn't be so deserve to be on our show. Oh, okay. Like the manga. The, the, from all the plot points that you've given that yeah. you've got from Wikipedia and what we did see from the show uh, I feel like this manga shouldn't have had a less than half or le- like a lesser season like it's only 10 episodes like yeah, they don't it's... even have a full 13 episode season uh, uh, yeah I, I like like I feel like they could have done a lot more with what with the material, it would have benefited from either the modern style of let's tell an arc, let the manga continue, come back and tell yeah. another arc, or just picked up after the manga was completed so as they could tell the entire thing over the course of... 26. Like 24. 26 or more. Yeah. 
Oh, I'd say like, 24. I think you could probably tell the entire story off of 24. 20, 24, 25 episodes just yeah. to have two chapters per episode, depending on how big or dense any of the given yeah. chapters are. Like, maybe, yeah, maybe the, maybe the series should have been on this, just not... This shouldn't have been the shortest one we've watched this since I sh- since you showed up, yeah. Since I showed up, like this, I, I feel like this one should have been one of the longer ones. Yeah, I agree. All right, and even though he's not here, he has given me our pick for the week. This is Robert's pick uh, for next episode. Uh, he has picked Yamada and the Seven Witches, which is a very fun anime that I really liked. Do you know anything about this, Rob, before I read the plot synopsis? This sounds familiar, but also Japanese names either sound like nonsense or sound incredibly familiar to me, and there's no in-between. Okay. So, uh, when Ryu Yamada entered high school, he wanted to turn over a new leaf and lead a productive school life. That's why he chose to attend Suzaku High, where no one would know uh, would know of his violent delinquent rep- reputation. However, much to Ryu's dismay, he is soon bored. Now a second year, Ryu has reverted to his old, old ways, lazy with abysmal grades and always getting into fights. One day, back from, back from yet another uh, office visit, Ryu at, encounters Urara Shiraishi. A beautiful honor student, and mis- uh, a misstep causes them both to tumble down the stairs, ending with an accidental kiss. The pair discover that they can switch bodies with a kiss, an ability which will prove to be both convenient and troublesome. Learning of their new, pow- learning of their new power, Toranosuke Miyamura, the student council officer and single member of the Supernatural Studies Club, recruits them for the club, soon joined by Miyabi I- Ito, an eccentric interested uh, an eccentric interested in all things supernatural, the group in- unearths the legend of the seven witches of Suzaku High, seven female students who have obtained different powers activated by a kiss, and the Supernatural Stu- Studies Club embarks on its first quest to find identities of all the witches. This is a 12-episode anime that's that premiered spring of 2015. This is an anime that I watched the first few episodes of and then went into the manga. That This tracks. manga is fantastic, and I know where this leaves off in the anime, and it's a good ending point. It at least finishes up the story arc. If, I, if I know where it's supposed to end, it's supposed to end at a very specific point, and that's a very good end point. It doesn't get into the part that I like about Yamada and the Seven Witches. Because it's the basic first arc. But it's really hard to go into the... It's really hard to have adapted the good, really good part of this of the manga. Because that, wasn't air, that didn't start till after this had finished airing. But... I will 100% say this this manga was so good and I am excited to talk about this next week or ne- next episode. So, yes, two questions. Yes. Uh, what service or services do we can we find this series on? It says licensors are Funimation and Crunchyroll, so I would assume Funimation Funimation or, and or Crunchyroll. Good to know. Uh, Are you ready to be disappointed? I'm ready for you to be just livid next time. Why? As they don't do anything that you expected them to do. I've watched enough to know the pacing of the anime, and I've read the manga. Okay. And there is no reason that they should enter the second arc. Because the second arc is way too dense for you to stop in the middle. Okay. Uh, Second question. Yes. I guess third question now. Okay. Where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on at NMANRD on Twitter. Uh, spell NRD on Twitch. I didn't actually stream what I said I was going to stream, and I feel really bad. Uh, things came up, and I couldn't get a stream overlay I liked because I'm a perfectionist when it comes to this shit. So I uh, didn't 
do the thing I wanted to do. I'm trying to figure out a stream overlay that I like and a way to do streaming that fits with my schedule that lets me do what I want to do. And I hope to at some point be able to stream, but it might not be for a while still. Don't worry, we'll let you know after he's done at least one episode. Yeah. After I've that way he can't leave you disappointed yeah. next time. Yeah. Uh I did watch everything this season. <laughs> we may have a discussion on at some point. Uh yeah, I'll figure out a way to I'll figure out a way. I will figure out some way to do that either if I have to just record myself yelling at a microphone uh, and and have somebody put that together to a succinct thing and put it on YouTube or if I just do that as a one-off special podcast thing every season because I lost my my co my co-host for that is very hard to track down when I want him to be able to co-host so don't worry folks we'll figure something out yeah I'll figure something out I might just recruit one of these yahoos to uh help me do that every three months hi I like doing things uh as for me, you can find me on virtually every social platform as Bora Mortal. Uh, and you can also find me on the Major Spoilers Podcast, ne- podcast Network uh, doing the Critical Hit series. Uh, thanks for listening to us this week. See you next time on 26 and Under. Bye!